Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. It's the Growing in Grace podcast. Joel Brzezinski, Mike Kapler, growingingrace.org. All past episodes archived there, and you can also check us out on your favorite podcasting app. And a few weeks ago, there was actually a little bit of an issue for basically the whole month of July where you couldn't listen on some of the, you know, like Spotify, iHeartRadio, and some other ones. I did not (laughs) realize this until August 1st, but long story short, I manually update our feed that gets sent to all these podcasting apps. And for the month of July, I spelled July, J-U, and the number one instead of (laughs) J-U-L. And that messed up all these podcasts. For some reason, Apple Podcasts still accepted it. Google Podcasts did. But a lot of these apps weren't showing our podcast. But all of that, as far as I know, is fixed. (laughs) So... You live and you learn with some of these things, but anyway, I like the fact that we can be out there and all these. You mentioned it. I I didn't go back and look again, but I think for about a week I was looking for a a recent program and it just never showed up. Oh, I think it was was on Pandora. Yeah, it's probably Pandora. I didn't check that one, but I, I realized somebody asked me about Spotify. Why aren't the latest episodes on Spotify? So I looked and I couldn't figure it out and I got a hold of Spotify, never heard back and Finally, I just I figured it out by looking at the my feed that I manually do and got it all figured out. But it's always available at growingandgrace.org if you can't listen on the podcasting app. So if nothing else, you can go to growingandgrace.org. So what should we talk about? <laughs> well, some people in the legalistic world. And they may not consider themselves legalists, and and there's a whole different range of of legalism out there, right? But there are those out there who, you know, sometimes just think we're hyper about grace and that we're out of balance and that, you you know, we've taken it to an extreme, grace that is. Uh, Imagine taking grace to an extreme. Uh, (laughs) But there are people who think that, probably the majority throughout the Christian religion, I would venture to guess. So the question I might want to ask here, Joel, is what is it? that you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, what is it that you can do that will help secure your position with God, that will help you to receive God's acceptance, God's forgiveness, God's blessings, God's salvation, anything that's good that comes from God? What, what is it that any one of us can do? Name one thing that you can do through your own effort to help secure your position with God. I went through this for many years, working hard, trying to improve my position with God, thinking that I was doing so, by the way, based on the different things that I was doing or the, the you know, the, the sinful stuff that I thought I was avoiding and, and just, you know, trying to just do all the right things and, and read my Bible more and pray more and go to church more and, you know, anything that you could possibly think of trying to help people more. I mean, there were good things involved in some of those efforts. But what was it? What was the one thing that I did or that anybody could possibly do that would help secure your position with God? I think that would be my question to people 
who just feel like we've got to have this balance between grace and works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, along with a lot of your own answers, I mean, yeah, I could, I need to repent as long as I repent of my sins and, and change my and, and, behavior. And what, and what does that mean? When, right. What does that mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I got to I got to do a 180. Stop what I was doing and start doing going exactly the opposite direction and do good works and here's here's one. I got to feel genuinely bad or sorry about my sins. And you see as long as I feel bad about my sins, then that means that God accepts me because he knows I feel bad about them. <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as if, see, and that's the thing, as if any of this stuff, kind of like at the end of last week's podcast, what we were talking about, as, as if any of this stuff really adds to the one sacrifice of Jesus. You know, like you were talking about last week, under the old covenant, animals were sacrificed over and over and over again. And even with all of those sacrifices, all of that blood shed, it never made anybody perfect. It only reminded the people of their sins, it says in Hebrews. It didn't actually take away their sins. And then Jesus, his blood was shed how many times? One time. Why only once? Why was his blood only shed one time? The reason is because it worked. It worked for all sins for all time. The blood of Jesus worked. Not all of our behavior changes, not all of our, quote, repentance, not our good works, not our feeling bad or sorry for our sins, not that any of this stuff is bad. You know, if you feel bad about something you've done, you know, that's a, that's a human emotion to have, and you don't want to do that anymore, sure, but your feeling bad about what you've done is not what gives you forgiveness. So, like, going along with what you're saying, so if those things are the case, if it's a change in my behavior, if it's a certain amount of good works, if it's feeling bad, if it's going to church, if it's Bible reading, how much is enough? When do we know that it's enough? When do we know that our progression in this uh, sanctification process that people talk about, how, how do we know that we've progressed enough? Is it when we've reached a certain level and we say, okay, that's now I know I've done enough good, I've changed my behavior enough, and I've stopped doing enough bad. Now I know that God's going to accept me. Now I know that because I've progressed a certain amount, then God's going to accept me. Well, what is that amount? And, and you're going to find, if a person does really think that way, it's going to be varying among different people. So there's going to be lots of different opinions as to how much fleshly behavior can a person do and, and still be sanctified and holy enough to please God and to be accepted by God. Uh, what is that, Mark? What is that level that a person can reach? I, and like you, Cap, I, I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's just it. You, you never know where you're going to be positioned because, like you said, uh, if, if you're sorry for sins when they happen, that might just be the Holy Spirit within you trying to teach you that, you know, sin is bad mm -hmm. and, and it hurts people. But it's almost like, well, if, if people enjoy sinning, then that's where God draws the line. But if I'm sorry <laughs> for it and uh, I, I'm sad about it, at least afterward, um, <laughs> then, you know, he's okay with it. But so, so where, where is the, like you said, where, where's the progressive line? Is, is it constantly floating? How do I know I've gotten to where I am? See, this is the problem 
when we mix two different covenants together. There are many things within the old covenant that have been carried over by the Christian religion into the new covenant. You know, God promised blessings to the Israelites, oftentimes under certain conditions. Keep the law, for example. Do all of it, and then I will do this for you. The problem was that nobody ever kept it. Nobody ever did all of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So whatever blessings were coming weren't based upon what they were doing. It was just God's grace and mercy still at work, even under the old covenant at times. But this this new covenant is it's quite different. It's not like the old one, as the writer of Hebrews said. And I think this is the, the foundation, though, on where we stand on this sort of thing, this, this confusion, this mixture of law and grace. A lot of it is because you're seeing religious entities, religious organizations, uh, religious businesses and church denominations. They're taking a mixture, at least a small, at least a small portion of certain ideologies from the old covenant that only Israel was under and has since passed away. The covenant has been put aside. It has come to an end, and Jesus has become the high priest and the guarantee, the surety of a new and better covenant. You see, it's, it's all changed since the cross. But so much of what is written in the Old Testament, because people just think it's God's word, they think the, everything in there is for us somehow, uh, and, and so we carry over some of that old obsolete stuff and try to mix it in with new covenant grace, and then you just get this jumbled up milkshake that nobody really knows what's in it sometimes, and you just can't be sure of where you're at. We mentioned repent. When people say, we're going to need to repent. Well, we're, we're, we believe in repentance, we grace people. Uh, if once you understand what repentance is, but when you talk to a legalist and you ask them what repentance is, ask a thousand different legalists what, what it means to repent, and you'll probably get about 900 different answers. Does it mean to stop sinning? Does it mean to reduce your sin? Does it mean to do more, you know, better things gradually over time as you reduce the—you see, it's, it's not about sin management. Jesus took care of the sin problem. <laughs> he dealt with it. As you said, Joel, the, the cross, it worked. The, the blood of Jesus, it took care of it. And that's why it was only needed to be shed once. Right, exactly. I remember when I myself was a covenant clasher, and I, I would mix the covenants together back in my legalistic Christian days. And uh, I remember <laughs> saying this on the radio one time back when we were in radio, and I think I probably said this face-to-face with people too, but I remember, I don't remember what verse I was reading from the Old Testament where God said, if you do this, then I will do this. And I said, see, some of God's promises are conditional. He makes promises, but some of them are conditional. And I did not realize, I did not know at that time that that was the Old Covenant. He was talking, if you do this, then I will do this. I didn't realize that in Christ, like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1, he said, all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen. They're not conditional. They've been fulfilled in Christ. And none of it, none of our um, standing with him is dependent upon us being able to fulfill conditions that God sets forth. The conditions have been met in Christ. He offered his body once for all sins, for all time. Everything has been met in him, and we're the beneficiaries of what Christ has done. We're not the ones who are trying to fulfill conditions. We're not the ones who are working toward trying to become something in order to get God to be pleased with us. 
We're the ones who have trusted and believed in what Christ has done on our behalf, and therefore we have received all that God provided for us in Christ. And that was everything. There's nothing left for us to receive from God. He's already given us everything. That's why a few weeks ago we were talking about starting from the finish line. When we put our faith in Christ, we are placed on the finish line, a place of rest, and that's where we live our life in Christ from. We're not trying to gain anything from God anymore. That was a way that didn't work. The Israelites found that out under the Old Covenant. They tried and they tried and they tried. They pursued and pursued and pursued righteousness and and right standing with God, and they never got anywhere. God only found fault with them, it says in the book of Hebrews. And so a new covenant was needed, a better covenant. And this covenant is dependent upon God's oath to himself. It's not dependent upon our promises. You know, you remember that promise keeper movement. It's not dependent upon us being promise keepers. It's about God and his oath, his promise that he kept. He made it to himself because he could swear by nobody greater than himself. And he is the one who does not lie and who keeps his oaths. And so everything in our life in Christ is dependent upon him. There's more to say about this, of course. And next week, we'll talk about this little thing, this little important thing called context. You know, we have refrigerator verses, you know, verses that we memorize and paste up on our refrigerator or verses that we take outside of the context uh, that they're in. And a lot of times when people do that, we'll miss the new covenant. And so we'll talk about that, why that's important. Uh, It'll be coming up next week on the podcast, Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.